This is the beautiful game described by two ugly gentlemen. Glory to Columbus! Who are probably sitting at a soccer bar near you. McBride's in the box, a hard cross, McBride scores! It's 3-0, United States! Welcome to Bone and Bean United. Happy Soccer Podcast Day, what is up? I am Bone. And I am a depressed man. I know, you had a rough weekend this week, buddy. Manchester United didn't get it done. We'll talk about that a little bit. Get into some soccer discussion there in the Premier League as uh, Arsenal continues to look like damn team of destiny right now in the Premier League. I'm I'm sure Arsenal fans love hearing that where it's like, please just jinx us a little bit more. Why don't you? But yeah, I'd rather be in the driver's seat, though, for sure. uh, I I would be, too. I don't blame them at all. Uh, I don't blame fans for getting excited about it, but I also don't blame them for saying, let's just let it actually happen before Mm -hmm. we just give them the title. So we'll talk about that a little bit. I joined you at the bar for a brief period of time to watch that game. Uh, and so we'll get into that a little bit. We will get into the continuing discussions of Gio Reyna because he added another little intriguing piece to that <laughs> drama this week with his goal that he scored in the Bundesliga. So we'll talk about that. Uh, we will also talk about the U.S. men's and women's national teams because uh, they both have had some action the last week or will have some action for the men's team. Women's team has been in action Discuss all that. Women's team, of course, this year ramping up to the World Cup. It's all the new media uh, rights deal as well. Yeah, that's right. They have games now on, uh, was it HBO Max? Max. Yeah, which is a little, you know, it's a little frustrating just because that's another. Speculous, yep. Another hoop you have to jump through to watch soccer, which. Sucks. There was a really sweet spot of time we had between like 2000. I'm going to say between 2005 and 2020. Yeah. In that 15 years or so, we went from like only a few games a week on TV ever to every premier league game for many years being on regular television to Mo- then most, 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 least. most right. With some relative ease to get the other ones. Like for like with Peacock, you, when that came around, there was that year where it's like, you just had all these games for free yeah. with Peacock. Like you didn't even have to pay extra for them. Nothing. Anyway. So we had all that now, uh, we're in a place where every it's like, oh, you want to watch this league? Get Fubo. Yeah. Oh, you want to watch this month. league? You got to go get this. Hey, you want to watch MLS? Go get Apple TV. Yeah. Like you got it literally this year. That's what we're going to be dealing with. If you want to watch any crew games, I mean, at least we know where they are, but you still have to pay for them. So, yeah, frustrating to say the least, but the women's national team will have plenty of chances to watch them this year as they get ready to hopefully go out and win a World Cup. That would be awesome to see. So we'll get into all that as the show goes on, but let's start off with your guys. Manchester United dropping three two to Arsenal. Title charge put on put on hold. I did see that Manchester United remains in contention for every trophy in England so far. That and in bit, Europe. And in Europe. Europa right. League. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Technically they have that. So <laughs> that's hey, that's what the big dogs are playing for, I, right? I understand. Barcelona that. coming up here in February. Hang it should on. be fun. Where's I want to get the tweet right? Because I did see this yesterday and I wanted to just highlight it because I didn't think I thought maybe it would make you a little frustrated, but I'm not sure. Uh, Manchester United, this is from ESPN. Manchester United are the only English team to remain in contention in the four comp- competitions this season. Premier League, Carabao Cup, FA Cup, and Europa League. Oh, I guess they are counting Europa League as like one of the four competitions you could be. Yeah. Okay, I see. So they I have guess. a Europe and they I have I think the other they're three. just trolling. Whatever. Uh, well, you know what? They haven't won a trophy since 2017. So if you win one of those, that would actually be a thing you haven't Tottenham's done. Tottenham's never won a trophy in my life. Yeah, wow. Like, just, just 
I like how weird. Hey, that's, I'm just deflecting that's like, today. That's like a right? married couple just like, well, you never, you never load the dishwasher. And it's like, well, you never mow the yard. And it's like, well, why I are we talking eat about? At home. Why are we talking about this? What's happening? <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Sorry, Spurs. No, that's, that's fine. Um, God, I really just threw them right under I the like bus. It. I like it. I like it, though. Good for you. Good for you. <laughs> Not for just good for me. That's a bad part of my personality. Um, so Arsenal, like we said, that game, do we want to talk about how that, that was, was just a roller coaster of a game? I always hate it when you're a fan and you have to do this. Like for our jobs, you're a fan of Manchester United. We're talking about this game. Mm-hmm. You probably hated how the game went, but you can acknowledge that was a fun game. It yeah. was a, a very up oh, and down, back and forth yeah. affair. It was very good. But just, man, that is a, uh, that's a tough way to go out if you're a Manchester United fan. I mean, it is what it is. At this point, I'm used to pain. I actually bright side me trying to spin like the positive side on life here and life in the big city. I'm actually happy to have my heart broken again because that means that they're actually playing like decent soccer at the moment. Yeah. Uh, if that makes any sense at all, like that's kind of the way that I uh, kind of compound this, at least in my own mind. It's like, yeah, it's not exactly the result that you wanted and coming off of last week's straw against Crystal Palace, but like at least you're playing meaningful soccer uh, here in the month of January heading to March. Like, yeah, of course. I mean, I'd say tongue in cheek title charge. I don't think that was ever the case for United this year. Who knows? Maybe, right? Well, top um, four though, being, being, I think a that's the goal you should have had coming into and the it season, was. and it was, and you're still in that spot right now. And I a mean, good spot with that. Right. So just going back to the game, and I want to thank all the Arsenal fans for allowing me to have some playful jabs at them on Zaftig. There were good, the good amount. There of, were there were a decent amount of Arsenal fans at Zaftig to to which one of our listeners, Matt, said, "Why aren't they at the Point Tavern?" Which, yeah, why not? That's. That's run by an Arsenal fan, by the way. And I believe, I believe I said a few times, find your own bar. They do have a bar. I'm saying the Arsenal fans have a bar. Go to the, go to the Point Tavern. That's where their bar is. I'm telling you. I'm I'm fairly confident that's still it an is. Arsenal bar as it far is. as I know. So go there. It was fun. Um, yeah, it was just it was a great game, wasn't it? I mean, United go off to the lead, 1-0, boom, Arsenal hit back, then it's 2-1, then it's 2-2, and then obviously the winner at the end. I will just say this, though. We don't give Mikel Arteta enough credit, and I know that this is – obviously happened on other shows. This necessarily hasn't happened here. The way that he started out the Arsenal job, I mean, it looked like he was dead to right. It's going to get canned first year. Okay, Arsenal going to continue the spin cycle to kind of find who they're going to replace Arsene Wenger with. Same thing that happened with United, with Sir Alex Ferguson. We know that. Like, all of a sudden, these institutions, they leave the club that they've been there for so long, and they've kind of ruled with an iron fist, and then you open yourself up. Like, all right, is our culture going to stay? You know, or is our transfer business going to stay? What are we going to put our eggs in the basket of? Are we going to do that with the academy? Are we going to do that with the transfer market? What kind of style are we going to play? And so Mikel Arteta has revived that at Arsenal. And I'll tell you what, man, Bukayo Saka just – I don't know what his top-class ability is or where we're going to see him in the next four or five years and what level he can get to. That kid is oh, he's, he's, a, un- he's a stud. Believable. And it's not only like you see this a lot in soccer bone and we watch a lot of different leagues and different games and everything. Like sometimes there's just a player who will make something happen out of nothing. And you're like, all right, well, you know, that kind of went against the grain of kind of the game was going. Look at Byron, right? This week, Joshua Kimmich just hit like all all time worldy shot goes in. They tie one one. It's like, yeah, sometimes that happens with great teams. This Arsenal team, I feel like, though, it's just it's a myriad of different people that they can have it to. And it all starts uh, with the way that they link up their play and their cohesion that they have on the field. And I just give a ton of credit to where that started at, where Arsenal were at when Mikel Arteta came in to where they're at now. They are playing some of the most beautiful soccer that you were going to see Mm. like ever, ever. 
Yes. It is it is truly watching that game was just a blast to see, even though I was at the Manchester United bar, That's I fine. was rooting for your guys because I'm there. I with had a great you. I had a great time regardless. Yeah, it was uh, it was by the way, a little diaper party that for Beamer. Fun. Thanks, by the way, for Coming down to the snow, brought some diapers. Uh, yeah, well, that's just what we do. I mean, we support. Actually, you know what's funny? My wife had said, like, I don't know, a couple months ago, whenever it was, I guess it's been a while longer than that, when I said, yeah, you and Meredith are having a baby. She goes, you should throw a diaper party for him. And I'm like, ah, look, I don't know if that's really a thing. And she's like, it's a thing. And I'm like, is it? And I'm like, I don't know. And then. Same thing as a push present, which I was unaware of. Yeah, you got to do the push present. I tell you what Meredith wants? No. So Meredith, God bless her. She, she told me about this about like three weeks ago. And if you don't know what a push present is, just put one and one together well, and make two. Right? How does a baby get out of there? Yeah, push. You have an idea. So, right. you know, she comes to me, she's like, what are you going to get me for a push present? I'm like, I don't know what that is. Explain that to me. <laughs> You're like so, a baby? I mean, I thought the baby was the push present. Yeah, that was kind of the reward I'm like, for many right, years. Well, yeah, you're deserving of a of a push <laughs> gift or a push present. Like, yeah, for sure. Like, what do you want? Like, what's the monetary value that's going to be, you know, Right. Associated with this. Yeah, how much are we talking? How much are we talking? She goes, all I want, she goes, the two things that I I enjoy a lot in life, I enjoy having a beer and I enjoy eating sushi. And she has not been able to do those things for the last, you know, seven months or however long it's been. And she goes, I want, as soon as I'm able, as soon as we get out and the baby's all good, I want to go to Tensuke, which is our favorite sushi Mm. restaurant market here in town in Columbus. I said, oh, that's easy. That's good. She goes, and then I want a bottle of Cristal. Oh, and I said, oh. you know what? That seems a thousand percent fair. It does. Yeah, that was a very fair ask. I felt. That's, yeah, that's really nice. I like that. And that, you know what? That's something that it's a push present that you will be able to enjoy as well. She's gonna hoard that bottle. That's fine. I'm just saying, <laughs> there's a chance you <laughs> At might. At least I'll enjoy the sushi out of it. No, that's true. I, the sushi you can enjoy. But either <laughs> way, that's good. Good for her. I like that. That's a that's a good idea. I mean, not that it matters what I think. I just, that's a that's a good push present. That's what I thought, too. I was like, I yeah, thousand percent I, I can get that done. I don't know that we ever did the push present thing, but I, I continually give my wife push presents now, which are get these kids out of my effing sight for five <laughs> minutes just because she's overwhelmed. And then I, that's what I do is I take them away from her. That's the push present that keeps on giving. I'm looking forward to Take your children away parenthood. from <laughs> I make it sound so horrible. It's actually really good. It's just, you know, if you occasionally would like to, I don't know, have a date night. Nah. You, there's a thought. There's an extra thought process. It's not just like, hey, you want to go out to get a bite to eat? Yes, I do. Great. Now there's another part of that equation. That's all. Anyway. Anyways, thanks for coming to my diaper party. Oh, I was glad to come. I did. I did show up late and left early, which is my style. But I had to get to. We were going sledding, so that was that was. And it was snowy. It was, it was snowy. snowy. I was trying to make sure I got there. But either way. Uh, back to Bukayo Saka. Do you know what Bukayo means in uh, his parents' Yorubian language that no they clue. speak uh, in Nigeria, where his parents are from? Electric uh, goal scorer. It no, it means, and I think this is appropriate. Adds to happiness. Yeah, he has added to every Arsenal fan's yeah. happiness. I would say, just like your young child will, when you guys mm-hmm. have young Bukayo in your family, I'm sure is what you're <laughs> naming him. I add don't know. It, we'll add it to the short list. <laughs> no, but I here's. I, I one of the Arsenal fans was standing behind me, like when Saka scored the goal. I don't remember. Was that the first? I'm trying to remember scored which goal. Multiple. It was. Right, but I'm trying to whichever goal it was that he scored. He, guy behind me is just like, I would die for you, just like <laughs> right. And it's like, no, but this is this is the type of player that you want on your team. Is a a player that every fan can pretty much acknowledge. That's our guy, and I would do anything to protect him. Yeah, like that's you want that on every team. I don't know what the right term is. What like what would we we should come up with a term for that guy 
And every team, I would love it if people would say, who's your guy? Maybe that guy doesn't exist now for your team. Maybe you're like going through it. Or maybe your team historically has never had that Wayne guy, Rooney but you got one out. Wayne Rooney's a guy I can see a lot of Manchester United fans saying, I would have taken a bullet for that dude in his prime. I don't care. I would have I would have been I there for I watched a him. video of Wayne Rooney the other day talking he was doing an interview of a game he was playing in 08 against Chelsea, and he was like, Yeah, I lengthened my studs in that game, wasn't anything illegal, and I was going out for blood because I knew I couldn't handle Chelsea winning the league against us. And he scraped John Terry and put a literally hole in his boot. Yep. John Terry left the game on crutches. He was like, I was out for violence. I'm like, yeah, all right. You're my, I mean, that's my that's guy. That's your guy. That's who you want. That's my guy. Yeah, man. I've got, like, I mean, crew fans, I'm sure, have plenty oh, of, of those guys, too. Tweet us those as well, at Bone Beam United, if you want to. A guy for me that was always, like, a would die for that guy, like, in, I mean, and still is one of those guys for me, but, like, Frankie Haydick in his prime was a guy, like, U.S. national team, crew player, like, Checked all the boxes. Checked all, exactly right. Checked all the boxes, Attitude never gave guy. up on it, never gave up on anything, always fighting through it. And, of course, two-foot studs-up tackles that somehow <laughs> never got called. And it was great. And he, and he would get the ball. Like, he was knew exactly what he was doing. Would go find their best player and go shut him down. Was that We had that with him when we were talking yeah. to him, right, where he told us that story about how he saw Cristiano Ronaldo as a young player. Air. I, I hit stop. I know, I know. But he he told us how he saw Cristiano Ronaldo when he was with, was it Porto that he came up with, his initial team? Portugal. They were playing in a friendly. No, they weren't playing Portugal. I want to say they played like oh, Porto, whatever right. pro team he yeah. started with. Before sporting. He, sporting, that's sporting. right. And they just, they were like, hey, there's this kid on this team that's supposed to be the next big thing. And he was like, who is he? And they explained it and said, it's this guy Ronaldo. And so after like the first couple minutes, he was like, I'm going right after that dude. <laughs> and like, I'm going right for him. And it was like, yeah, of course. That's just how Frankie was. And then 30 minutes into the game, they switched Ronaldo to the other side. Yeah. Ben, you know what? On that same team, Gino Padula, another guy. Like those two outside backs. I don't know what it is, but those two guys together were just magic. I love that combo. But yeah, I'm trying to think of other guys. You know, I bet I, I would say Newcastle fans would say like Alan Shearer clearly sure. like would be their guy, right? That you would just go to bat for no matter what, as far as like what he was as a player. What about Liverpool fans and Martin Schurtle? I also feel like that was like a bad boy. Like, hey, I mean, I might not be the most gifted player of all time. But. Well, yeah, and, and they don't always have to be like the toughest, hard-nosed guys too. Obviously, like Brian McBride was tough and hard-nosed, but sure. a lot of people, crew fans would have, and U.S. national team fans loved that guy because of what he did and poured it out in the field. Like you don't have to just be a guy who's tough. It's, it's also like he scored a lot of goals. It was really good. I don't know if uh, U S national teams feel as good about Brian McBride right now, given they just kind of parted ways with that whole situation where I, I, I couldn't tell if that was him so much or just everyone involved was like, yeah, maybe we should all just not have you mm-hmm. as part of this equation anymore. And he was like, yeah, I, I, I'm I guessing he probably wanted to bow out of it as well. Didn't want to be a part of it. That thing is a mess. Uh, we'll we'll talk more about the national team, but I just I I will say Giovanni Reina did not help uh, any of the Burhalter supporters <laughs> cases with like Burhalter needed to send a message to this young man. I said this on Twitter and I'll say it again. If you didn't see that goal he scored, that was great uh, for Borussia Dortmund, where it's just gets the ball, eighteen yard box. <laughs> there's no space, and he just floats in one of the best goals you're going to see all year, and then celebrates by. Putting his fingers in his ears. Yeah, the Memphis celebration. Which is the Memphis celebration, which that's in reference to Greg Berhalter saying, hey, you know, going up against the Netherlands, we don't have a Memphis on this team. <laughs> Jesus. Well, you don't it's if you're so going to bench petty. him. If you bench him, you're right. You don't have a Memphis on it's this team. so you, petty. When you go up to Memphis on your team and are like, hey, we don't have a role for you in this World Cup, you're right. You don't have that. I want to say this, though, because it's now I, that drama is back in the 
news and it just made me have another thought. I don't want to make I don't want to make every podcast about this, but I do. It well, until we get it resolved, I guess as US national team fans, there's always gonna be this drama, right? Hey, I saw Jose Mourinho's in the running for the US men's <laughs> national team job. Which objectively would be the Dude, funniest hire of all I can't time. believe I forgot to even bring that up until just the now. The funniest hire of all we, time. You, me, and... Well, so Bodie is our third member of the show. Bodie produces our, our shows every week. Mm-hmm. Bodie Wells, we appreciate him. He's a big part of it. Colin Berenger, Evil Bald Colin, who produces Rothman and Ice here at The Fan, and does his own Mad About Hoops podcast, which you should go listen to if you like basketball, college basketball specifically. He's like our extra fourth member of the show who's always in on text chains, like isn't on the show, but the three of us were having chats about Jose Mourinho and I just losing our minds laughing at the idea of, again, that's not going to happen, but imagine if it did. I would like to see in some sort of alternate universe that happened though. Oh, not this one that we're currently living in. No, dude, I want it to happen in this one. And here's why. (laughs) No, here's why. This is super, I admit this is super soccer elitist of me and and gatekeeper-ish of me. And I, I don't usually like to be that guy with soccer, but just for a moment, can we all as soccer fans acknowledge Jose Mourinho came and took over the U S men's national team. (laughs) The first press conference for someone's like, so uh, now uh, Mr. Jose Moreno. Mm -hmm. uh, So could you, and he would just be like, "Uh, first it is, I am Jose Mourinho. Like he would just, he'd have to do the meme right off the bat and clarify his name. And then it would, after a game, his first press conference where they're like, yeah. So uh, in this friendly where you were playing, uh, a country that just formed last week. Somehow it ended up a 0-0 draw, and he would be like, you don't understand You guys soccer. drew against Luxembourg or Andorra <laughs> Luxembourg's or San Marino. Like U-21s or something in a close, <laughs> and he'd be like, first off, you don't understand the game. Like, he would just be, yeah. he would be so dismissive of every, like, guy who oh gets sent God. to cover the U.S. national team that doesn't actually pay attention to soccer. All the actual, there's plenty of people now in the soccer media that would be fully prepared for a Josie Mourinho press conference. But just seeing the like random sports reporters from ESPN that are like, I was told to go cover this because they had no one else. And hey, then Hosey. Hey, Hosey. How's God? I would lose it. And it would be like for all the casuals who never watch soccer until the World Cup comes around. Good God. They would just not know what to do with him. Why the hell is this guy in charge? <laughs> oh, it'd be it, maddening. It'd be it, would, it would be so maddening. I would actually love it. I'm actually... Well, at this I'm point, it's almost it. it's almost more fun when the U.S. national team is just something we can all laugh at as opposed to something we believe is going to actually win things. Yeah, correct. But now back to the easier G- coping strategy. <sighs> no kidding. Uh, the geo stuff. I will I will say this. Um, a thought occurred to me about Burhalter because I've seen this. I, I tweeted out. I said, so Gio Reyna can blackmail me and identity theft me if he makes goals like this for the U.S. national team. Like, I don't care what crimes he commits against me. Just please do this for the U.S. national team. I want to see it. And then somebody tweeted to me in reply and was like, you know, his family blackmailing, you know, Greg Berhalter. It's just a shame seeing Greg Berhalter have to go through this. And I, and I gave that, I didn't reply on Twitter. I just chewed on it. I'm trying to chew on things more in my head as opposed to spitting them out on Twitter. But did Greg Berhalter have to quote unquote deal with this? Is he is he a victim here to some people? Because I'm trying to piece this all together again. Let's walk through what happened. Greg Berhalter, many, many years ago, did a bad thing. Did a bad thing that very few people know about. Mm-hmm. When he got the U.S. national team job, which, don't forget, his brother was running the Federation at the time, neither Greg nor his brother felt it important to let soccer bosses at U.S. soccer or anywhere else know 
hey, just off the record, keep it to yourselves, but something we got to think about. There's this thing from 20-plus years ago with my wife. It might be on your radar. You just might want to be aware that if that ever pops up and someone brings that up, I just wanted you guys to know about it. And then and then I, I was talking with a buddy of mine about that and said, you know, the fact that he didn't disclose that this occurred kind of doesn't make him look great. Sure. I mean, I'm not saying it – no one's perfect, right? I'm not saying he's an evil person. I, clearly, a lot of people have vouched for how great of a guy he is. But it, it the narrative takes a little bit of a hit when you realize that Greg Berhalter could have disclosed that, chose not to. And if your answer is, why would he disclose that? That could have cost him a U.S. job. Right. So, again, the same people saying this is no big deal and shouldn't have any bearing on whether or not he can be the U.S. soccer coach. I've also had conversations with people who have said, well, but he, he shouldn't have to disclose that. He wouldn't have got the job. That Right. Like, so either it is big enough of a problem that he shouldn't be the head coach. Right. Or it isn't. And it should have been disclosed just as a like, hey, I just want to have all our ducks in a row here, all our cards out on the table. That's a great point. I, I just I'm not saying he's an evil person and I'm not trying to like. You can take all that away. You can forget that situation ever occurred. You can take the Reynas out of the situation. Minus Geo, because I like Geo to play soccer. But beyond that, you can take the Reynas and shoot them to the moon for all I care. All I'm saying is we can have discussions about whether or not Greg Berhalter's the right coach for this team. I don't think he is. But if you're going to tell me that like his character's impervious and he's just being crucified by evil people who are out for him, like he he had things in his past he didn't disclose to U.S. soccer. Right. His brother ran the Federation and definitely knew about these things, and that never came up. They have to do an investigation now? That, again, seems like bad judgment on his part, at the very least. If you want to throw that onto the heap of why he shouldn't be the U.S. soccer coach, fine. But I'm just pointing out this idea that it's all cut and dry. Rain is evil. Burhalter good. No. Bur- the rain is did. That's a that's a shitty way to be a friend. That's a terrible time to bring well, this up. That's not a way. Yeah, I mean, but it started in part because Burhalter had some shitty dealings of his own, to put it mildly, or not mildly, whatever. I'm just saying this whole situation's a mess, and that's why we're here. It's not because one family decided to take out a vendetta. It's because this whole situation's gross and it sucks. And I wish we didn't know about it. <laughs> I honest to God wish Gio Reyna had just been told like, "Son, you're gonna play a lot of minutes." This sh-. Burhalter could have even said. I've got a big plan for you coming off the bench. Right. I honest to God think if he would have said, I have a huge plan for you, huge role for you. You are going to be our bench scorer. 55th, 60th minute, almost every game. That's where I see you. He needs a jolt of energy. It needs some legs. Boom. I think you could be a golden boot candidate if you come off the bench like this, because I think you are going to find We've worn a team down for 60 minutes. Yes, that's the whole thing we're going to do with you. If you approach that way, and then during the game, it's like, ah, man, I couldn't get you in there because something happened or we found something or sorry, man, next time. That's how you keep a player engaged. Don't go to him before the thing even starts and be like, I have no plan for you. You're not even going to be a part of this. Why am I here? Right. Why Why waste my time? So that's all another. I I know we could do this every show, Beam. I'm sorry to derail with that. I I mean, it's a great point that you made. Yeah. It's, I just wish we didn't have to discuss it all the time. I guess I don't have to. I just choose to. That's what happens. Could talk about Leeds more. Well, you know what? They have a big one this weekend. Leeds is playing Nottingham Forest. Forest is one of the teams getting relegated as of right now, it looks like. I believe they're in a relegation zone spot. Leeds is a point out of the drop zone, along with like two or three other teams. But Everton. That has been a rough. Everton fans, I Sorry. feel. I feel for you. I purposely avoided your team. I didn't want you to have this. I didn't I didn't want the to pick your team. Bone. I didn't it want to pick your lives. team and curse you. And yet, just me giving a passing glance to you. At one time, I did root for Everton 
because of Landon Donovan's affiliation with that team. But neighbor Eric, big Everton guy. No, sorry, neighbor Eric. This is this is bad. By the way, Sunderland still in contention to come up. All right, my other team. They're they're first year in second division after years of being in third division. Still in a playoff spot as of right now. Only like a couple points. Well, they're they're like they're right in their top two teams in the championship are like well on beyond. And there's like Will seven you drop teams. leads if leads stay up and Sunderland get up. Oh yeah, hundred percent. All right, so, I'm just if Sunderland's in the Premier League. Sunderland's my team. I'm just, Sunderland I'm is, just Sunderland is my you. team, but I don't have a Premier League team because Sunderland's not here. All That's right. where I'm at right now. But yeah, Leeds big one this weekend. Who do your guys have this weekend? Is it Crystal Palace? Um, they have. They've got Nottingham Forest today. Soccer podcast day is a Wednesday. Oh, I in, forgot in this. In the Carabao Cup, game. and then I believe. Who do they have? Oh, they do have Crystal Palace. They're hosting Crystal, Crystal Palace, Palace Saturday, and the FA Cup. Saturday. Oh, that's an FA Cup match? Yeah. This says, this says match day 22 of 38. No, I think you're looking at the wrong day. That's like in February. Coming up here Saturday. I know oh, they play Oh, you're FA right. All, you're right. I'm totally off base. My bad. Those are all February. You're right. I'm wrong. Stupid. All these games I just mentioned, Nottingham Forest, that's also February. <laughs> Who cares? Damn it. There no I rules. forgot. They're on break. Everybody's on break. That's right. Good times. Because we have to have now a million FIFA international breaks. because. Yay. Beef has got to make more money. I forgot. All right, so scratch what I just said. We'll take a break. We come back. Let's talk some more U.S. soccer, but actually about the stuff happening on the field. We've got stuff on the men's team and the women's team. That's next. You're listening to Bone and Beam United. What a moment. Now back to Bone and Beam United. Welcome back to the soccer podcast. So we have got plenty more to discuss here with the U.S. national team, both men's and women's. Beamer, we'll start with the men's team because uh, we haven't talked much about him, but the national team does have a current head coach, interim head coach, because Greg Berhalter is not under contract and also technically under investigation for this incident that happened. But not on a paid or unpaid leave. He's just kind well, of he's under, but he's not under contract. Right, that's what I so mean. It's like they can't pay him because contract doesn't have Exist. a payment structure because it's not there. But he's not been told you're not going to get a contract. We fixed either. the glitch. Yeah. Is he getting just Milton'd out of this situation? <laughs> Some who stole Greg Stapler? <laughs> who stole Greg Stapler? I'm going to need those TPS reports. Yeah. <laughs> uh, his pieces of flair are lacking. So Anthony Hudson. Get around me too. Yeah, Anthony Hudson is coming over with. Uh, jalapeno poppers or something for the table <laughs> anyway he's the interim head coach we're done with this analogy yeah. i'm sorry for dragging it out that was way too long <laughs> two or three iterations too long anyway um so because of that now he's in charge of kind of the, the training that they're doing the camp that they're doing that mm-hmm. mostly features a lot of mls guys a lot of guys getting a first look from europe that maybe haven't been getting as much of a run here so we talked we about talked. that a little bit last week right yes indeed so hudson said that it's a shame for everyone who's involved. Players, staff, Greg, everyone is affected by it. It's not a nice situation. Talking about the fact that they don't know what's going on with their head coach at the moment and with the fact that, you know, pretty much now there's all this kind of sadness hanging over the team. Everything's kind of sitting there, not really sure where things are going to go. He also acknowledged, though, it's pro sports and this is what happens. So the friendlies that are coming up, one of them is being played on Soccer Podcast Day today. That is the U.S. national team taking on Serbia. All right. That is January 25th, which, again, Soccer Podcast Day. Then on the 28th, which would – well, today's Wednesday. It's not Thursday. I don't know why I said that. but Saturday. Whatever. Yeah, Saturday the 28th, that's when the Columbia game is. So they do have a couple of these games. We'll see what the tune-up looks like. Be nice if they came out and actually looked really good. I want to say is uh, 
I believe Cucho Hernandez is in camp with Columbia Pretty for sure. the crew. So, yeah, that'd be kind of cool to see the U.S. face off against him. We'll see what he can do if he gets to play. Uh, in either case, this this not having a permanent head coach stuff is not great for the development of this team, I would say. You probably want to get started off the right way. Good news is you don't have to qualify. So Also, the good news is that you've got a little bit of time. Yeah, it, that's what I mean. Because the qualification, it still should matter. My goal for, I don't know how you feel about the U.S. national team Win going forward Cup. with this. Oh, thanks. That's good. <laughs> no, but like from a standpoint of 2026, do I need you in 2023 to be a well-oiled, figured-out machine? No. No. Do I even need that in 2024? No. I would like to see by the end of 24 into 25, this roster really takes its shape. Mm-hmm. And then you have a full calendar year of 2025 with like established coach is is clearly setting the system. Yeah. He's had multiple opportunities to look at all these players. And in 2025, I just want you to be focused solely on making the best adjustments, tweaks, trying out the different lineups you think are best. If injuries are going to come up, who would you like to see be your first guy off the bench? Who's your guy that you think can fill in and be grown into a role? And then obviously you have to mend some fences with some guys that maybe if Greg Berhalter is the coach, if he's not, Greg Berhalter is going to have to mend those fences. If not, New coach is going to have to come in and say, hey, old guy didn't like you, but I do. Or old guy didn't give you much of a look, but I am. Or old guy really liked you, and I'm not going to give you a shot. Right. In that case, I guess he'd be ripping down some fences. But either way, the point being, fences fences have to be adjusted in all forms. So I'd like to see that happening in the next 18 months. So they've got, I guess, while they are a little behind the eight ball, and I've been feeling that with the time frame being a little bit shorter, the fact the U.S. doesn't actually have to qualify for this World Cup yeah. does help a bit. I just, I'd like to see your player pool expand here in the eight, in the eighteen months. Like, yeah, for sure. Well, I mean, not expand. I'd like, like they've already the got a big, are... they've already got a big player pool as of right now, and guys are getting their opportunities. But like a 50, 60, 65 player pool, like of guys mm. who, yeah. you're like, all right, well, you know, we're gonna give you a shot. I I agree with you on this. I don't think that the answers for U.S. soccer are going to be found with the 12 to 15 players every cycle that are the known good quantity. Does that yeah. make sense? Like, yeah. like I think you are going to find some diamonds in the rough. U.S. soccer now has enough players playing in Europe, playing high-level minutes in MLS even, where I think you can find some guys, and I don't at all mean Jordan Morris, and I don't at all mean, like, guys that are just, we've seen them and been yeah. there, done that, Paul Areola. I'm talking about guys who actually maybe aren't ever getting a look like that Emmanuel Savi that we talked about, the local sure. kid from Gahanna who's been, you know, playing overseas. I'm not saying he's an answer, but you need to give him legit guys like him a legitimate shot. Yeah. And obviously like PFUC needs a, a better shot. I know he had his opportunities. There are plenty of other guys out there that that we saw that we thought maybe should have gotten a look to be the new forward for this team. But Ricardo Pepe. That, yeah, Ricardo Pepe. Like you, these guys need to play in the. If if Burhalter's the guy, have those guys have months and months and months to play in that system, and then work to make them that great player. Not just say, oh well, he's not getting it done. Yeah, let's move on to someone else. Like either if it's not Pepe, it's not Pifa, then you've got to find that answer, and then you've got to stick with it. And it, you know what? It may just be Josh Sargent and Tim Weah are the guys, sure. and we're just not going to adjust anything. Those are our guys. Then get them as comfortable as they can playing with multiple different guys on the wing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like that, that has to happen. There, there's gotta be, you've got to find a way to, to establish what is actually the legit formation for this team. Cause I don't think where they currently sat 
is the way that they go out and win a World Cup. And find 11 central defensive midfielders for Jose Mourinho to curate. (laughs) Hey, man, you've got Tyler. If if Jose Mourinho would love Tyler Adams, (laughs) I know that. I I love Tyler Adams, and I'm not Jose Mourinho because I'm not in that commercial that says, I am Jose Mourinho. (laughs) So I know that I'm I'm in big, big trouble. I have to. I don't want to be in big, big trouble. I have to look at him. I have to look at that meme to remind myself daily. I am not Jose Mourinho because he is. It's an easy way to focus. Um, now let's talk about the U S women's national team. So world cup year starts. They had a friendly against New Zealand. Two of them back to back. Yes, that's right. Um, by the way, that's where world cup's going to be hosted. Australia, New Zealand. Yeah. Did you see the new match ball, by the way, for the women's? It's great. It's, yeah, it, it's very cool. It's got a lot of silver and blue to it. I like it a lot. I think it looks awesome. I do too. Um, but in general, some things that came out of this, uh, you had a situation where Alex Morgan had some tightness in her legs, so she had to go off. She is, of course, you know, on the players that are active, that are currently available, she is the top active goal scorer for U.S. women's soccer yep. that is available for all of this. So, Having her leave, she had an injury. That's not great. Hopefully, she'll be fine. I mean, it's ways off to the World yeah, Cup. six months. But Ashley Hatch, who didn't get a start for the last six months and wasn't really getting as much of a look, she came in and was able to score a goal, and that was nice. Like, you want to see some of your players, like I said, with the men's team, you want to see some of the players that maybe aren't getting the look often when they get their chances do well with them. Yeah, now they're in a little, little more crunch time, though. Oh, yeah, of course. Six months, and you're not going to just be spending six months together as And the a good team. news is that you won 5-0 and 4-0 against New Zealand, which is one of the host nations. So, like, they're going to be in the World Cup, Yeah, which is a good thing. The women's national team, to me, like, clearly we know they're going to be one of the top three yeah. or four teams in this tournament. But this is, I do feel going into this one, there, there are teams like England, being one of them, mm-hmm. that... Those teams, Germany. they have they have definitely, yes, they definitely have a, a clearer path to say we are the best team in the world yeah. than has been usual. This U.S. women's national team, I don't want to say they're in a, an appointed transition, but a lot of those stars over the years that have kind of been the face of this team, yeah. the Megan Rapinos, you know, they, they're, they're on the last edge of their playing career. They are not going to be the ones that I don't believe carry you just to a World Cup without question anymore. So now that next group has to step up, you know, like Rose Lavelle is a senior player for this yeah. team. You know what I mean? Like, that's just so weird. She to think is of. a monster. No, she's great. But I'm saying like now she's one of the clear senior leaders of this team, where as opposed to before it was like, she's in the mix. She's really good. She's extremely talented, but she's not looked on maybe as much for the leadership burden. Like that's also now on her for right. this tournament. So yeah, it's, it's going to be an adjustment for this team and I hope that they're up to it. But I, I think, it might actually be beneficial that they are getting some of the they're good, but not as good as they used to be talk yep. that might help motivate a little bit more a little fire. Yeah. So I didn't get to watch either of those games. I do want to watch them and, and hopefully keep up a little bit more with this team as we go forward. But yeah, hopefully uh, we will get to see one more. I would, I would love to see one more run, you know, for Alex Morgan, just because she's been such a great player for this team. But, and I know she has so many fans. My daughter's huge fans of hers. That's great. But yeah, it's, it's good to see the next generation. Now they're going to be getting that love and that support, and that's going to be fun. So hopefully this this can be a good tournament for this women's team. Leave it in good hands. Well, let's hope so. We've got a lot of talent here, so we gotta got to make sure you've I will you've say last thing got on the this, future set up. It's kind of awesome to see the rest of the world catch up Oh yeah, on this front. Yeah, like it the is. The game has grown exponentially. Well, on the 
on the behalf of the women's game? Yeah, a hundred percent. That's what like, I, that's what I mean. I mean, well, and you see what you see it going in Europe now, where yeah. they get fifty, sixty thousand yeah, people for fantastic. Champions League games fantastic. for women's games. Awesome. Yeah. So the the health of the women's game is in a good spot. That is kind of it's good news for everyone. But it's kind of bad news if you're just specifically a right. U.S. women's national team fan because now it does mean these tournaments are going to be harder from here on out years and years to come from now. And and as much as we'd love to be dominant forever, you know it's not going to happen. All right, that's it for us. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next time. Uh, for Bodie, for Brandon Beam, I'm Jonathan Smith. It's Bone and Beam United.